shall we ever be with the Lord in the air? Praise God. Praise God. So that's the beginning of the message this morning. How many of you brought your Bible with you today? A few of you did. Good. I'm glad to see that. I'm not going to ask you to open and follow me as I read because we usually put the scriptures up on the screen and they'll be partly up every day. But I know that uh, one reason not we don't bring them very much anymore is because we have the scripture so easily available to us while we're sitting here. It's always good to have your Bible at hand. You might have to walk out of here before you get to your car. You might need your sword. So, I brought one of my blue ones today. Father, I ask that the Holy Spirit will move at this time this morning as this word is preached. And I ask it to be preached faithfully and strongly according to what is recorded in these pages that we have before us. And that the truth will bear fruit in our hearts as we hear what you say in your word. As we decide we'll act on it and live by the proclamations of your truth in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. False prophets. Luke chapter 21, verse 8, tells us to expect it. And he said, these are the words of Jesus now. And he said, see that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he. The time is at hand. And then Jesus said, do not go after them. There will be people asking you to follow them. And Jesus is giving you this counsel. Do not go after them. In Matthew chapter 7, he says something that, that bothered me for a long time. I'm going to read it for you because it's also about false prophets. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. It doesn't say they did those things. It said they claimed to do them. It doesn't say that they prophesied in his name or cast out demons in his name or did many mighty works in his name. It's just that they claimed to do them. And Jesus, recognizing the truth from the false, is declaring that on that day, on that day of judgment, those people who make such claims will not be allowed to enter the heavenly gates because we know who they are as well as we know who are the righteous ones, the blood-bought saints, those who are ransomed in the name of Jesus Christ, and those who will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. We know them just as well as those, we know those who make false claims that they are a part of that body. And it's important that you and I know that, because Jesus warns us that there will be deceivers, and there are now deceivers walking about in the land. They're talking on the radio. They're publishing articles in the newspapers and in magazines. They're on television. There are many places that you can see them and hear them. And they're declaring a deceptive non-gospel. 
Christian, solid in the Word of God, who recognizes those things and refuses to follow after them, no matter how enticing the invitation and the attraction may be. You don't decide whose word you're going to listen to and believe because of how nicely they're dressed. I shouldn't say much about that today, I mean. That's not the way you decide who you're going to listen to and believe. You don't decide who you're going to follow because they've got a nice hairdo, because their makeup's just right, because they really sound good, and what they're saying really sounds good. You plant a thousand dollars in my ministry and give it today, and you're going to get whatever you want to name after that, because whatever you can think of is what's been promised. That's a false statement, my friend. And, and, I, and I have many friends who've said that kind of thing, but I'm going to tell you, when we say it in the wrong way and, and, and present it in the wrong way, as if we're going to buy the mercies and the blessings of God, that is a false statement. It is not only misleading, it is, it is ungodly. I'm not saying God doesn't bless his people. I preach that. You know that I do. I prophesied right here that God would do great and mighty things for people, and he's done it. I remember in one service, I didn't go back to look it up, I started to, but then I thought, well, I looked it up before, no need to bring it up to you again, but that was a day. And on this Sunday morning, the Lord just led by His Holy Spirit to prophesy, and, and I prophesied a lot of things were going to happen to a lot of people, and that very week, things started to happen. Really, really abundant things started to happen. But, but that's when led by the Spirit of God. We don't do that every Sunday, because that's not our little, not our little glitch, that's not our little attraction. That's just something that God did, and God can decide to do it again anytime He wants to. But unless it's directed and led by the Spirit of God, it will never be proclaimed from this pulpit. There are deceivers in the land, and they're saying good things, oftentimes things you like to hear. But that's not what you can depend on. That's not what you can stand on. First John, the apostle wrote this, chapter 2, eight, verse 18 of First John. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists or false teachers have come. This is how we know that it's the last hour. The Amplified Version says Antichrist and false teachers. I give to you this word that that, that, that word about Antichrist being in the land is true now and false teachers being out there trying to bring people to their false message is also true. And you know that. You know that as well as I do. The difficulty is sometimes determining and, 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 and the deceiver doesn't come with a sign on him. You can't always bend on the deceiver wearing a red coat or a black mask or whatever. And you can't depend on identifying that receiver because of what you see, is my point. Nor necessarily because of what you hear, except when it rings false. And you know there's something questionable, there's something about what's being said that brings me to the place that I have, I, I have highly questioned. I don't want to be suspicious. And this is what's played on so much of the time. I don't want to be suspicious and skeptical of the person who's being presented as the man of God or the woman of God. That's not your guideline. Your guideline is what is what they are saying. Strictly true 
Second John chapter 7. There's only one chapter in Second John. So in Second John chapter 7, he said, I said, verse 7, I mean, Second John verse 7, said this, I say this because many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. When it says that Jesus is acknowledging that Jesus has come in the flesh, it means acknowledging the fullness of the ministry of Christ for who he was, the eternal Son of God who died on the cross, substituting himself for our sins, and then rose again from the dead on the third day to proclaim the value and the power and the eternity of his sacrifice, providing our forgiveness. Any part of that, any part of that that is denied or revised or changed in any way from what the Word of God clearly says is a guide to you that you're listening to somebody who's teaching falsely. You're listening to a deceiver. But they get to a more deceptive thing if you get roped in on believing the smaller things. So, I, 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 there's something. I'm going to tell you this. I debated whether they didn't talk about this stuff, but I'm going to tell you this. There's an evangelist. I'm not sure if he's still active or not, but I think he is. But I started thinking about this and remembering it. I put my his, I put his name in the search of my TV set so that it's supposed to find anybody who's on anywhere. And you know that. So I put it in the search. I typed his name in the search, and he came right up. So I couldn't find any place he had a program on. I didn't follow through that much, but he's but. But his name is right now, today, after all these years, still on that search part of, the, of, of my TV. If I were looking for something where I could find him on TV, I, evidently I could find him because his name came out of it. I'm not looking for it. I just wanted to know if he's still out there. And apparently he is. This, this goes all the way back to the late 80s. There was an evangelist. He was on television. He's one of those uh, quote-unquote prophets who could tell you when you walked up to the, they called you out of the congregation, he could tell you your driver's license number, or your address where you lived, or, or what was wrong with you exactly, which one of your kidneys was being bothered, or all, all these things. And when they started checking it, people who didn't believe, these were non-believers who did this, they started checking a lot of these things they were hearing at that time that didn't ring quite true. And they, they checked this man, and they found out that as the people were coming in the door to be seated inside in the congregation, those who were going to be called out and called up for special attention and healing. Their names and information about them were being taken by his wife as they came in the door. And then when he got to the time they called them up and out of the congregation, he had a little earpiece on. And she was telling him over the radio waves and the microphone that she had into his earpiece the things that he needed to know about those people. It's an established fact. I can give you his name and you're going to look it up on the internet. It'd come up just like that and tell you all about it. It would send you to Wikipedia where you get the whole story of how true this is. So here's somebody, here's somebody who knows nothing about the Spirit of God, claiming he knows everything about it. And he would call your name because his name, your name had been given to him through the radio waves into his earpiece. He'd call out your name and you'd stand up and he'd call you forth and he could give you your home address, perhaps, or perhaps the first three digits of your social security number, or whatever it may be, in order
If you want to come to me and, and ask me for verification of what I'm telling you right now, because I'm just giving you a quick highlight about it, I'll give you the name and let you go look it up on the internet, and it'll take you to the to the uh, online uh, encyclopedia, Wikipedia, and you can look up and get the whole story as much as you want. And I'm not going to take all my time telling you more about it. I'm just simply establishing to you that there are sophisticated, planned, programmed deceivers out there who will mislead you about anything that they can in order to do one thing. The one thing that they want is to get your money. That's exactly right. They want to get your money. So, I caution you to realize that there are false people, there are false leaders, false preachers, false prophets, if you will, who are going to take you whatever it will take to persuade you to jump on board with them and support what they're doing and what they're asking you to do. And that, my friends, is a, is a direct, is, is a course that will take you in the wrong direction. You won't gain anything by it. You'll lose a lot. And after, we'll probably feel silly. And I have, I have a lot of people come to me and tell me that they've experienced that. But in all things that matter, my friends, you can find guidance in the Word of God. You can find direction in the Word of God. And you can always find somebody that you know is spiritual, that you know is only after one thing, and that's for your edification. It's only after your building up in the faith that only wants to give you that encouragement that you need to move forward with the Lord and not to be held back by somebody who wants to take you the wrong thing and give you wrong information to receive something from you instead of your, instead of that person really giving something to you. The, the Charisma Magazine is a well-known magazine. Many of you probably know about it. Many of you probably received it. I was given a lifetime subscription to it a long time ago, so I don't read everything in it, but oftentimes I do read a lot of articles in it because of, of the interest that they may have. And I read in this particular issue a while back, maybe a year or so ago, there was one of the editorial writers in the magazine who wrote a scathing editorial denouncing men who claimed that they were prophets but who required money before they would prophesy or money in a certain amount guaranteed to them before they'd be in the service. Now, I don't have to tell you much more about that, do I? If you know that that's what's being asked, that's wrong. That is wrong. And, but it, but and I don't know who that was because he didn't name anybody. But he said that is what's happening now. He said we've got to stop it. We've got to oppose it. And we've got to declare to them we will not have anybody who comes with that kind of a teaching over that kind of an expectation. Because it's there. And wherever you turn, you're going to face something like this. And what you need to do is to know what God's Word says, know where you stand in God's Word. I'm not asking you to become supreme. You're not to be the arbiter of everything about God's Word. You're not to be the judge of everybody else. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you listen to the teaching and you decide if the teaching is scriptural. And if teaching is the scripture, you don't have to judge the person you do it to teaching. And you can walk away from that, refute it. You don't have to stand up and declare it's false. Unless God leads you to do it. All you have to do is just shut your ears to it and move away from it. And leave it alone. Have nothing to do with it. And I encourage you to do that. I strongly encourage you to do that. I've had a lot of people over the years. I started thinking back on it as the Lord led me to preach on this. And I've had a lot of people over the years that I've encountered who are prophets. 
church, and I'm a pastor. I love the pastor still to today. The pastor kept announcing on one occasion that the prophet of the, the, of the denomination, because he's coming to have a service coming up with a prophet of the denomination. And you need to know what this prophet's going to tell you. You need to know, you need to hear what this prophet's going to say. I heard it down so many times. I asked him to have lunch with me. We went and sat down for lunch, and I said, Now, brother, I knew it very well. I'd help them get the church started. I knew it very well. I said, I, I just want to tell you, I'm not trying to tell you how to run your church. Announce anything you want, but I want to tell you how I feel about it. My whole family's coming here now. All of us are attending. And I keep hearing you talk about this prophet that's coming. You're putting a great, great burden on him. But you're also putting a great burden on this congregation. You're telling them ahead of time before they ever hear anything. They must be prepared to believe whatever he says. I am not interested in hearing that. I'm not trying to, I'm, I told him very clearly, I'm not trying to run your church. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm telling you what I'm interested in for my family. And I'm only saying this because my family are all here. I want them to hear truth. I'm not saying he's not going to be telling truth. That's a great burden to put on anyone. You say that this person's coming. He's the prophet. This is a New Testament age, my friends. The New Testament prophets are not, never were, as the Old Testament prophets were meant to be. The Old Testament prophets were those who brought a word from God, and it was God's word for the people of the time, because that's what they had to go by. But those prophets formed the Old Testament, and their words were perpetuated as given by God in the Old Testament. People are walking around here in the New Testament telling you that if you'll walk, throw your cane away, get rid of your cane in three days, your leg will be all right. If you're willing to do that by your faith, I'm not willing to do it by mine. Now, if God tells me I need to do that, that's a different thing. But because somebody else tells me, it doesn't mean that I believe God's telling me. I've got to first judge what is true and to go by what I'm going to believe. Have you followed me on this? <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm not standing here all alone. I'm the only one who sees this. I don't think I am. Have all confidence that you understand exactly what I'm talking about. You see, in the New Testament, Paul didn't say throw away all prophecies. In fact, to the Thessalonians, he said, despise not prophesying. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. Do not despise prophesying. But he said, but test everything. Check it out. Determine if it's true. And then he said, hold fast to what is good. That means you don't hold fast to all of it. If you recognize something to be in accordance with the Word of God, in harmony with God's revelation of His truth, that's all right for you to accept and believe and walk in it. But if you detect that there is an error in any part of what's being said, you need to refute that and stand against that and have nothing to do with being a part of following or perpetuating it in any way, particular way. Years ago, Carol and I were launching a church, the first church that we actually pastored together. We've been six months in one church, but then we went down into Tarpon Springs here on the Gulf Coast of Florida. And all those years ago, we launched a church there, which is now First Assembly of God in Tarpon Springs. Been there all these years. While we were there launching that church, she was 19 years old when we went there. And we stayed there four years. I was uh, a little bit older than that. <laughs> and, uh, but we were, we, were, we, were, we were new, you know. 
place of, 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 of really spiritual, uh, I don't want to say stability, but I, I still needed to grow a lot spiritually. That's what I want to say. I still needed to grow a lot spiritually. I was growing, but I still, but still growing. And still today, I still need to grow a lot spiritually. I realize it every day. So this man was being announced as coming to be in, the, in our area. They were having some meetings, and we had section meetings, of big rallies, and, and Brother Tom, P-H-O-M. Well, I remember all these days. I don't know. I wish I'd forgotten it, but anyway, that was his name. So, so he was having the meetings, and we went to one of them. And he was prophesying over all kinds of people, everybody, all kinds of things. I can't tell you anything. He prophesied. said, one thing, do you remember this? You, you, you went up to the altar. I don't think she went up there necessarily to get a prophecy, but she went up to the altar. And he came over and he laid hands on her and he prophesied over her. And he prophesied that she was going to meet a tall, handsome young man. I don't think he knew she was married. I don't think he knew that she was a pastor's wife. He just saw a pretty young girl. He didn't know she was a mother. She was already Billy's mother at that time. <laughs> Billy was born 30 days after we moved to that pastor. We moved to that pastor when she was nine months pregnant. So she was already married, guaranteed. And so this prophet prophesied, so she's kind of, been kind of concerned about that. Hey, it was going to happen. I said, well, maybe it means you've already met a tall, handsome young man. <laughs> but, but if I wasn't the one, then he never showed up. Thank God for that. So much to be said. <laughs> Just because somebody lays hands on you and says in Jesus' name does not mean it's true. When you listen to me, listen, somebody calls the somebody walks up to you and says, oh, God, the Lord has told me something to tell you. You say, go ahead and tell me. When they tell you, you can take it for whatever you want to. But just because somebody says the Lord told me to tell you this doesn't mean that you ought to believe that's a word that God is speaking to you. Listen. Hold fast to what's true and leave the rest alone. That puts a certain amount of maturity responsibility on you and me to hear and act on it properly. I will tell you, just about everything the Lord provides genuinely, and I believe in the prophetic word of God. But almost, almost everything that the God produces, the enemy tries to counterfeit. And most of it he is successful in doing. Certainly in prophecies and things like this, he's been successful in counterfeiting that. You can't counterfeit everything God produces. You can't counterfeit the cross of Christ. You can't counterfeit the royalty too. You can't counterfeit love that conquers everything in the name of Jesus and works by faith. But he can counterfeit a lot of things that God puts up because he knows more things about you and me and more things about the kingdom of God than many of us do. We've just got to be able to discern him and discern what's of God and follow that and listen to that because there are a lot of pretender pastors out there. There are a lot of avaricious so-called apostles. There are a lot of predatory prophets. There are a lot of pernicious preachers. But there are also some genuine ones in every one of those categories. There are genuine people solid before God doing the will of God and following him totally and completely. I just want to tell you, my friends, that because you see it on Facebook doesn't mean you ought to accept it. Whether it's about prophecy, spiritual things or not, it doesn't matter what it is. If you see it on Facebook, first thing you ought to have is a big question mark. 
certain level. They've risen to a certain level. The same thing about, I'm getting a little straight out of, or just permit me and bear with me. Same thing about people saying the church has to go through the tribulation. I'm not going to say that the church won't bear some of the tribulation, aspects of the tribulation. It's not necessarily all going to hit. It's going to come up. But there's coming a time that early stage that Jesus is going to come and take his bride away. They say, well, the church, the church, this church has gone so far, so far from God's words. This church has got so weak, it's become so fleshly, so carnal. This church needs to be purified. Listen, this church has already been purified. You can't get any more purified than to be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. You can't get any more purified than that. So, so hardship and temptation and trial are not going to make you any purer. If you're pure in the blood of Jesus Christ, you're pure enough for the rapture. Just believe it. Look for it, expect it. Live in accordance with Jesus. It's coming again and coming soon. Don't listen to what people what people tell you. Contrary to that, listen to the word of God and believe Jesus is coming. And be ready for it. Because that's a great thing for every one of us. It's, 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 the, it's the culmination of what we're looking for. We rise to meet him and then he'll take us to that place he's prepared for us. And thank God it's coming and almost here. It's almost here. Glory to God. I'm going to invite you this morning to, amen, praise God, praise God. I'm going to invite you this morning just to stand, stand with me right now.